0: The the whole heartbeat of of today's message is simply this. We are well aware that God's methods are not put together with our counsel and opinion. Have you figured that out already? That when, when God establishes his will, he doesn't ask us what we think. Uh, and, and oftentimes what we want and what uh, you guys and myself, we want the same outcome that God wants. But the process between what we want and what God's want, God wants is completely different. Are you with me on that? Is this message, is it, gonna, uh, is it interesting to anybody? Or just nod at me. All right, now the first crowd, I think they all drank four cups of espresso before they came to church. They were talking back to me the whole morning. And so uh, let's just practice talking back to me, all right? <laughs> there we go, there we go. So you can say, oh my, oh me, or uh-oh, oh, okay? On three. One, two, three. let me hear it, there you go. Hey, you sound great. Now, you can't finger point or elbow uh, like he's talking to you, Um, but uh, just talk back to me and we're going to have some fun this morning, okay? I'm going to read a well-known scripture. Uh, It's a passage of scripture that many of you guys will recognize, and uh, if you're new to the church and you don't recognize it, I just want to let you know I'm only going to read a portion of it. You definitely want to read the rest uh, when you get home. Okay, so go ahead and look into your Bibles or your cell phones or iPads, however you guys read the Bible nowadays. Um, I'm just going to trust that you're not looking at your Facebook. Right? Okay. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 15. Luke, I am your father. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus is speaking. to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man who had two sons, the younger son, told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, "...a great famine sweeped over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded local farmers to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him. But no one gave him anything." You know, there are so many truths that we can pull out of this passage. So many truths, but I just want to pull out one. Um, When we receive blessings... ...before we're supposed to receive the blessing... ...it's not a blessing at all. When we receive blessings before we're supposed to receive them... ...they're not a blessing at all. In fact, when we do receive blessings... Before we're supposed to. What is supposed to make us praise God actually drives us away from God. Do you know that the enemy will send you blessings? Did you know that? That the enemy will send you blessings? Because he knows... That the cares of this world is exactly what entices people. The rich young ruler was looking at Jesus. And and he said, what can I do to have everlasting life? And he said, give all the stuff you have away. And the rich young ruler walked away sad because he couldn't do it. But not everybody would Jesus say to them, give all you have away. He only said it to him. When he told uh, Moses... To leave his family, he actually told Moses, get all of your flocks and take all of your money and take it with you. So for some people, he says, keep it all, take it with you. For other people, he says, you need to give it all up. And what's the deciding factor? It's whether or not it is consuming us and robbing us of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And what this story is telling us is that when a blessing is given to us, when an opportunity is given to us, before we're ready for it, it actually drives us away from God. And so God has made it abundantly clear that there's a process by which He works. Because left to our own ways, our own devices, we will figure out how to mess things up, won't we? And now some of you might be very impressed with yourself, so I'll just talk about me, okay? When I pray, I say, God, if you want that door to be locked, you do not want me to walk through that door of opportunity, you are going to have to lock it, you're going to have to bolt it, you're going to have to put armed guards in front of it, there needs to be laser security, because if there is a way to mess something up, I'm going to figure it out. you with me? Now, if God wants me to go right and not go left, he wants me to go right, I need like lit up arrows. <laughs> kind of like a, a plane coming down onto a runway. I need blink, 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 Because I'm the kind of person that it could be clear as day. And I'll go left if I'm supposed to go right. Left to our own devices our flesh will pull us away from having an intimate relationship with God and completing His plan. You know, the enemy has a plan for you and God has a plan for you. And the enemy is too smart to say, hey, come this way and your whole family is going to lose their relationship with God and you are going to die at a young age and you are not going to believe in God anymore. Come this way. That's not how the enemy works. He says, come this way and I will bless you. And he lures us over here. And so God has promised blessings and Satan has blessings that he holds up as bait. So we've got to back up and we say, Lord, I don't know how, what your methodology is. I don't know what your process is, but I really want to learn to trust you. Is anyone with me on that? I want to learn. I I don't, I'm not there yet, but I'm further than I used to be, but I'm not as far along as I want to be. You know, left to our own devices, we do silly things. And just as a, a commercial break to have a little fun about how uh, we do silly things when we're left to our own devices, um, have you ever looked around to see how us Texans, even if you're imported, you're a Texan now, right? You know, hey, if you don't want to be here, just, you know, no, just, Just kidding. Okay. Um, You know, Texans. (laughs) Yeah, I said that. Oh, that vodka's good. All right. (laughs) Let me talk about how we eat at the Texas State Fair. All right, watch this. I got, I did some research, the top seven fried foods that we eat at the Texas State Fair. Number seven, a fried autumn pie, which is basically an apple pie. Apple pies are great, but somebody had the idea of if it's good now, how good would it be if it was fried But not to be undone, the number six one on the list is fried banana pudding. Let's just fry it. It's already good. Let's fry it up. And now it gets really interesting. Number five, fried chicken skins. I didn't say fried chicken. No, 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 no. Chicken skins. Yeah, peel all that off, Jimmy. Peel it all off. Put it in that bucket. Hey, Sally, I need you to take that bucket, drop it in the deep fryer, sell it for seven bucks. Oh, they'll buy it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Number four, fried bubble gum. <laughs> See, these are the times where God looks down and just goes, I should have stopped at stars and moons. I don't know. What these guys are doing? Fried bubblegum. Number three, for those of us that love Mexican food and guacamole, salsa. Fried salsa. Look at that. Fried salsa balls. See, what's awkward is is that's real. I didn't make that up. Uh, Number two, fried brownie. brownies are good but if we deep fry it you know my my father-in-law was in from canada and we said man we got to take you to mel's god's here uh we we need to take you to mel's and you need to have some chicken fried steak and and he said well is it steak or is it chicken I was like, clearly, you don't understand, it's chicken fried steak. And the conversation just had to stop. Um, (laughs) The number one fried food that's odd to me is fried biscuits and gravy. Yeah, take a look at that. Yeah, that's real. It's real right there. All right. Now, now, now. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now, I don't want anyone looking around. Let's have a moment of honesty. Nobody's going to see you. Raise your hand if you would eat that. Go ahead. That's what I thought. Open your eyes. Half of the room raised their hand. (laughs) I knew it. We're crazy. Let's take it. Oh, I'll I'll try it once. (laughs) Fry it up. I'll try it. I like biscuits. I like gravy. I like fried. Try it up. Have you guys seen the chocolate bacon bacon mixed in chocolate? Have you guys seen that? I was at the airport and I was like, "No way!" That sounds how much is it? I gave it a shot and wouldn't you know? Pretty good. I like bacon. I like chocolate. I mean, it's not that far off. It sounds gross, but okay, I'm getting way off now. But left to our own devices, we will eat crazy things. We'll do crazy things. And and the the process is is just way off track unless God is involved. And so I'm going to give you three points. Point number one is this. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. In Psalms 37, verse 23, it says the steps of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and delighteth in his way. See, steps are uh, interesting. When it says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, the the word steps implies process. It implies a process. In other words, you're on a journey, but you're not going to get there in a moment. You're on a journey. Uh, You're you're in a season. Uh, Life moves in seasons. God moves in seasons. He loves seasons. You know, you you never stay in the same season. There are certain threads that stay uh, throughout your life, but your seasons change. And and what the Lord is saying is, He goes, look, um, I've ordered your steps. I've ordered the process. Uh, I know where you're going, but you're not going to get there in a moment. I've ordered your steps. Which is interesting to me because uh, to be real honest, I don't like steps. I can't stand steps. I can't stand processes. Some of you ladies in the room that are real administrative, good for you. (laughs) We, We hire administrative ladies at the church as fast as we can because it takes a team to be in charge of me takes a team processes drive me nuts i can't stand processes i can't stand modern telephone when you call it and it says press 1 press 2 press 3 press 4 press 5 look i just want someone to say thank you for calling how can i help you how can i help you I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I've just been mad for a few minutes. I don't even know what to say. I don't like processes. I don't like it when I'm in Kroger's and I'm pushing a cart around and I've got a bunch of groceries. And now I start looking at 21 different lines and I'm looking at everybody's cart before I pick my line. (laughs) And and when I pull up to a red light and I've got cars in front of me. if If I'm the second car line, I look at the year, make, and model of all three cars. And I decide right then and there in just a nanosecond which car is going to get off the line first. (laughs) I don't like waiting. I don't like processes. I don't like lines. I don't like any of those things. But God says, I've ordered the process. I've ordered your steps. I'm watching over it. And and I want God to order something else, don't you? I don't want God to order my steps. I want God to order victory. Victory. Right? I, it, it, do you have anyone in your family that needs a healing? Anyone? Anyone here? I, I want God to order healing. I want God to order wisdom, especially when my wife is upset with me. I need it now. I want. I want God to order. Uh, miracles. I don't, I, if I were the one hearing God and penning the Bible and the Lord speaks, uh, write this down. I will order the steps of a good man. I wouldn't want to put my pen down and go, no, 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 no. I want victory. I want you to order victory because steps stink. It, there's no, nobody likes steps. You don't like steps. I don't like steps. Steps take us to a higher ground, but they're a pain in the rear end to walk up, aren't they? I mean, if you could have $60,000 to put in your home, would you have steps in your house? Nobody likes steps. We try to make steps look nice. We put carpet on it. We put a runner. Some people have been real fancy. They put lights on steps. You ever seen that? Nobody likes steps. We can't stand steps. You can't stand steps. But you know, your steps are, are ordered by God. You know, that does bless me though because it just reminds me that my, my life every morning when I wake up, it's not like God doesn't know the plan. It's not like we're making this thing up as we go along. It's not like we're standing back going, dear God, are you paying attention? He's saying, not only am I paying attention, I'm watching your next step. It's not like we're guessing here, and not only point number one is he orders your steps, but point number two is he orders your future. He knows exactly what's happening, where you're going, how you're going to get there, and when you're going to arrive, and when you're going to arrive is kind of a touchy thing as well, because when I was a kid, I used to... Take more than one step at a time. Has anyone here ever jumped up to the second step when you were a kid? I used to get irritated following people who took one step. I felt sorry for them. I like to take three steps at one time and and run up. And sometimes when I'm going down, I just jump over steps. And now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever liked steps, now that I think about it, because I take them so quickly. We just want to hurry up and just get there. We don't want to do the steps. We just want to get there. But you bust your mouth once. You know? It only takes one. You know, and all of a sudden, you're just kind of like, ooh, let me take this up. And then as you get older, you don't ever skip steps. And if somebody ever passes you and skips a step and passes you, it's kind of like more power to you. Right? It's not, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do that. You see some seven-year-old go, Pew! And you just, hey, go for it, bud. I, I've learned my lesson. In fact, I don't even think I can do that. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. You see, you know, when you, when you get a little bit older, you've bit it a few times, you start realizing that I, I think this process is irritating as it is. I better just take one step at a time. See, God is all about process. He knows exactly where we're going, exactly what we're doing, and and I'm happy that He does it. And it's interesting because if we ever try to skip steps, He notices, and let's say if we're rude to Jimmy... And God doesn't want us to be rude to Jimmy. He wants us to be learn to have some type of EQ, some emotional intelligence, not to be a rude, abrupt person. If we're rude to Jimmy and skip that step, isn't it funny how some guy named Roger will come along and we got to learn that lesson over again? You ever back up and go, geez, if I were to learn this 10 years ago, I wouldn't be here right now. Have you ever gotten ready to yell at somebody and then you bite your tongue? Because you know that what you're about to say is just going to make the situation worse. And how did we find that out? (laughs) How did we find that out? I'll tell you how we found that out. We were talking to someone. There's this small voice inside of us. It was the Holy Spirit. He said, don't say that. No, I'm going to say that. I'm going to get where I'm going. I'm going to get there right now. Let me tell you something about you and your mama. (laughs) And then, isn't it funny how we're going to be in that same exact situation again? And until we learn it, we just keep doing it over and over again. Until we learn it, we keep doing it over and over again. God is the God of processes. He knows where he's bringing you and he knows how he's going to get you there. He knows where he's going to bring me. Is there anyone here that's a visionary? You're a visionary. You're a visionary. Go, don't be shy. Hey, point at the person next to you if you know they're a visionary. Go ahead. There we go. That's how we can be a little bit more honest. Now fingers are everywhere. You know, being a visionary can be burdensome. Isn't it? Being a vision, I'm a visionary. Being a visionary can be painful. Because in your heart and in your mind, you can see and you can smell. When you close your eyes, you can see it. You know. You can feel it. You don't have all the details, but you know God has something planned. And then you open your eyes and it's, but that's not where I'm at right now. And then you want to hurry up and get there sometimes it's like, man, I almost wish I didn't have the vision. Then I, I, I'd learn to just be comfortable right here. But God knows that about you and I. He knows, so he puts enough vision in us to drive us. But just like Paul said, I've got a war in my spirit. My spirit is fighting my flesh. I'm following my heart, but my spirit, wants, my flesh wants to go too fast. It was a process. So God orders your steps. When you you woke up this morning, he knew lots of people were going to go on vacation, but this message wasn't for them. He's got different steps for them. Your step was to hear this message. Every step you take, boom, 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 boom. You know what I learned about people who try to go fast? The Bible says this, the race is not given to the swift nor the war to the mighty. Did you hear me say that? The race is not given to the swift nor the war to the mighty. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind could even imagine the things that I have in store for you. There's a process. Now we can go through this process like my kids go through the process of going to bed at night. We can be mad and grumpy through this process. We can say things about God that we don't have any idea about. I don't know why God's ignoring me. I don't know why God's not listening to me. Boy, I'm real happy that guy got a Rolls Royce, but I just want my lights turned back on. I don't know. We can be mad about the process. Or we can back up and say, God sees me somewhere in the future. And this moment right here is the moment that he feels is the right moment to prepare me for that. You with me? Let me say this about where he sees you in the future. God is not worried and he's not consumed about the blessing that he has in store for you. He's not worried about it. You know, in my heart, I just feel like there's somebody here that's believing for a house. You're believing for a house. I just want you to know God already knows the address of that house. You're wanting a house. You're believing for a house. In fact, you've even said prayers. I'm not asking for a big house. I just want a house that can be mine. Just want you to know, God knows where that house is. He knows where the address is. And whatever it is that you're believing God for, He's not worried about the blessing. He's not worried about the destination. He's not even worried about the gift. He's not consumed about that. He doesn't even think about it. It's already waiting for you. God's more into preparing you for the blessing than He is to prepare the blessing for you. Because when you arrive, you got to be ready. Uh, You see, it's it's interesting because um, the people in this room that are looking forward to getting married, you're single and you want to get married, you might be right here emotionally. And you're so irritated because you're having to take a process. See, what you don't know is... God's got that guy that you haven't met. He's taking a process too. And God's not going to let him meet you until he stops being so selfish. Are you with me? There's a process. There's a process that's going on. Would you write this down And uh, as your last and final point, point number three. Our character is under construction right now. Our character is under construction. You see, the the it's an interesting thing because I believe that God is hes through with people arriving at a position but have not have the character to be there. He's done with that. Have you ever looked at a parent that clearly doesn't know how to parent? Isn't it frustrating? When you look at them and you go, "You are what are you doing? Makes you angry, doesn't it? It's, it's it's when somebody arrives at a destination but they don't know what they're doing i've seen 16 year old moms parent better than 43 year old moms something to do with maturity you know, a 16 year old mom may have made a decision that was too early she made another decision of accelerating her character. This is no longer about me. This is now about my child. That's when God begins to allow us to go through the process. Where we stop praying for other people. You know, when I pray about situations, I say it like this. God, either change the situation or change me. You know, I want to tell a quick story. Jerry James is here. He's in our, in our on our business team that oversees our, our finances of our church. Jerry, why don't you just stand up? Let everybody take a picture of your face. Um, you know, he was part of the team that negotiated for us to get this building. We were in the Woodlands High School, and uh, I tell you what, we're in the Woodlands High School Avenue Church, and and I'm a pastor and I'm seeing people rolling extension cords and moving monitors and speakers. And, and I'm just, my heart is just breaking. And Jerry and a guy named Chris arthy was negotiating for the building and I, I could not even sit in a movie theater. I was so anxious. My wife and I would go on dates and would try to watch a movie and my legs would be bouncing like this I'd go stand in the lobby. Halfway through the movie, I'd go stand in the lobby and wait for her to come out. I'm so anxious, so nervous. I just want to get out of the high school. I want to get in this building. My gosh, it was just killing me. And I knew deep down inside that one day we were going to have a building. I knew we weren't going to be in the high school forever. But I just didn't know if this was the building. I didn't know what the process was. I didn't know if this was the building or not, or when it. I just knew that one day we were going to have a building, and so the process was just killing me. And I'm sitting there in the movie theater, was driving my wife crazy. My legs just couldn't pay attention. The previews would be over. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I just saw four mini movies. I'm ready to go home. I'm out of here. Let's go. I'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, just eyes open, wide awake. I'm not hungry. That means nothing, though. <laughs> There's food, and I'm awake, so we've got to get together. Just... Ah. But now, now that, that we've been in this building for four and a half years now, when sir, sometimes I walk into this building and, and I sit on the front row or in my office or walk down the hall. I think to myself, man, I was so frantically nervous about getting this place. And now when I look back, I think to myself, man, it was ours the whole time. I was nervous and I was sick and I was stressed out and I'm like text messing Jerry hey is there anything new anything new anything new and Jerry was like hey dude just chill man just go drink a slurpee or something just chill hey but now when I look back I think to myself this church this building was ours the whole time and I was fretting and I was worrying and now, now 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 Now, whenever I'm in a different situation and I'm worried about the process of whether or not something's going to happen, my brain just goes straight to the end and I think to myself, if it's mine, it's already mine. It's it's already mine. Now, I'm not quite sure about the process. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work out. I'm not quite sure about all that. But God has ordered my steps. He's ordered your steps. I want to encourage you today. We will stress ourselves out and be angry and be mad and be disappointed. And I just want to say this, that some of you may say, well, what's the point of praying then if God already knows what's going to happen I preached about this a couple weeks ago, but I just feel like I'm supposed to say it again. The point of praying is this. God's not about the final destination. He's about having a relationship during the process. And number two, he wants to know, do you want to go through the process by yourself? Or do you want a relationship? It's about the relationship. He wants to be your dad. He wants to be your father. He doesn't want to be a judge that just slams the gavel and says, okay, new job, boom, next. That's not how this goes. He wants a relationship. Why don't you stand to your feet for me, please? Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? And let me ask you about that relationship. How is that relationship with you and the Lord right now? Let me ask you this way. I'm not asking you whether or not you believe in Jesus or you believe in God. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you if I were, if an alien from space were to come down and watch you live, would that alien say, yes, this person clearly believes in Jesus? I can tell by watching them." The answer to that question is no. Nobody could tell by watching you. If we could crawl into your thoughts and hear the echo of your mind. Is God the Lord and Savior of your life? If Jesus is not number one, but today is the day where you want to draw a line in the sand, and I'm Talking to people that have been going to church their entire life right now. Maybe some guests as well.
1: With nobody
0: looking around, but today's the day. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Go ahead, raise it up real high. Real high. I'm seeing hands go up all over the room, but raise it up real high. Come on. Half a dozen hands are up right now. Maybe ten hands. Can put them down. Let's all repeat this prayer as an outward expression of how you feel on the inside, which is surrender. Would you just raise both hands? Let's give God our life right now. Out loud, everybody. Dear Jesus, I love you so much. Please forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I need your mercy. I need your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.